Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. That's the intro I was waiting for. Hallelujah. Steve Geller, Jeff Nowak, Friday Sports Talk Edition and Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, the last game of the 2022 season. It's kind of weird. We're in 2023, but it still is the obviously 2022 season. And the Philadelphia Eagles, a one and a half point favorite over the Kansas City Chiefs, a 530 kickoff in Arizona Sunday. You can hear that on WWL and the Odyssey app. Our coverage will start at 1 o'clock. Can you imagine a whole day of Super Bowl coverage? Imagine, like, Jeff, the Saints were in it, and we just had to have a, like, basically 24-hour, 24-7 coverage of the Super Bowl, Saints-centric all day long. I would imagine, though, you know, being at at, at the Super Bowl itself would be pretty exciting. Yeah, I'd be on board with it. Can we do that? I, I, wish, I wish. You yeah. know, I, I thought my first year on the sideline, I thought I was going to the Super Bowl, but that was the horrendous year of the NOLA yeah. no-call. I still have nightmares where I see and I hear the impact on Tommy <laughs> Lee Lewis. It just blows my mind, obviously, that, it, I mean, it was the, the, the footage we see on television was really the view that I had that right in front of me. And just for the fact, the sheer fact of being able to hear that helmet-to-helmet collision and no flag was called was just utter ridiculousness i don't want to talk about it <laughs> can we talk about something else okay can we, we, can we talk to can we talk to mike from pontatula we can definitely talk to mike from pontatula <laughs> who's been hanging hanging on the oakland heart jewelers talking text line 504-260-1870 want to hear from you folks as well we've been talking about the saints situation at quarterback and mike is bringing up a guy who really didn't get much play last season mike what you got to say to us this friday well, okay. Listen, if if you got uh, if you need a chunk play mm-hmm. in this division, in this division, which is really short of good quarterbacks, if you need a, a good chunk play in this division, mm-hmm. long balls. I've, I've said this all along. Long. Jameis Winston's the man. <laughs> okay. I just I listen. Hey, would would the the, the shortage of quality quarterbacks in this division, if we want to win it next year, why give up a whole lot of uh, picks mm-hmm. for Derek Carr when you got some guy that, that, that might be better? Or at, at times he's got his moments, but Mike, why don't you think we the Saints went to Jameis at all this season, except for the first three games? That, that's that's what I really question. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I I get it. I understand 
the 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 question i think it's but i think like you have gotten a pretty clear answer on how this coaching staff used Jameis, and i don't think they view him as the starting quarterback uh like yes is he a guy who you probably could say throws the deep ball very well yes he does he does that as well as anybody i'm just not sure that's what this offense wants to be predicated on and you know i think you go back to that week two game and yes i know he was playing with an injury and he was uh, multiple injuries right? he was dealing with the back he was dealing with his foot but i think you go back and you watch that game and you see the offense and how it ran and it was like this is a game where if you run the offense the right way you put up nine points you might win um and it wasn't it wasn't working uh and whether whether it's a question of his health or whether it's a question of can he get the job done, I just don't. I think that was the game where you kind of saw it from the coaching perspective, and it was like this isn't how I want the offense to run, and that's when. And then they got Andy in there in week four, and they felt like this is the way that they that they want to win games, and I don't think that's going to change. Like if you brought in a new offensive coordinator and you had a kind of a different idea, then maybe that would be the case, but I just don't see that changing with with Pete. And and I understand why people would like to see them go back to Jameis and try it out, but if you were going to do that, you would have done that late in the year last year, and you did not. That's what I was about to bring up to you. I mentioned the fact that last game of the year, I did would have liked to have seen Jameis in there for a play or two. I was hoping to see some kind of trickery where they went deep downfield for a Rashid Shahid pass kind of deal just because we didn't see that, obviously, from Andy Dalton. That's not the kind of quarterback he is. No, no. And, and I think that was that, that was the game week 18, right, where you're like, if they were going to consider going back to Jameis, they would do it right now. They would want to see him kind of work in that offense, and they, were, they didn't. They went with Andy Dalton <laughs> in a game that – had no standings implication whatsoever. And, and I'm sorry I attended that game as well. Yeah, that was a bummer to watch. That was one of the worst football games uh, I think I've ever been witness to, or at least ever attended. And it was just such a uh, miserable down ending to the season that was very you know, unfulfilling as well. And we thought we could end up going out on a big high note with the winning streak. And man, oh man, they just went flat. You've said that to me before, and and I'll say it again. There's no high note. It the, was like there was just, a high of a winning streak at least. We, <laughs> yeah, we've been right. like, you know what? The Saints won their last four games. It was more of like a kind of a dull thud <laughs> instead of like a like a crash to the ground, which is what it was. Like you had a chance to go out <laughs> with, with a boomp instead it went up. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's kind of the difference. No, yeah, and everything was still no, came down though. It's still the, 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 the tuning fork had already snapped in half. There was no note being played here. It was just yeah, it was a mess. We'll we'll be talking more with this about Saints with the voice of the Saints, Mike Haas, coming back after the break here on WWL Saints Radio. Stephen Jeff here on Sports Talk Friday Edition. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile? 5G home internet during peak hours. Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Back in the mix on Friday, Sports Talk Edition. Jeff Nowak and Steve Geller hanging out with you. And we are now joined by the voice of the New Orleans Saints, Mike Haas. Mike, how is your Friday going? Are you planning to go out to any of the parades tonight? Not tonight. We've got to rest up tonight because we're uh, my wife and I are, in fact, with uh, Mike uh, and Bobby tomorrow in the Mad Hatters parade. Uh-huh. So, going to chill tonight so I can, you know, warm up the arm tomorrow. And, uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully the weather will uh, 
get better than it is kind of right now, but we'll, we'll wait and see. No, definitely looking forward to that, too. That's going to be my first parade, uh, hopefully, of the season tomorrow, going to the Mad Hatters one as well, enjoying Family Gras. Uh, just always uh, have a good time there and just think it's a, a real, real colorful and well-done parade. Good. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't, you know, the, the Family Gras idea has was such a wonderful thing and it's you know just been built upon each each year so yeah i'm we're looking forward to it big time we're going to be on demario davis's float and you had to pick one i mean if you had to pick one saint uh you know that as you would say yeah let me let me get on that guy's float (laughs) that's a pretty good one he's an outstanding human being pro bowl champion demario davis i might add it's quite an accolade exactly 84k in his pocket so he's going to be throwing out dollar bills um but no so yeah let, let's i just want to get your insight on you know what do you think of Derek carr of all this because you got to see him close up and personal as we all did in the superdome and i almost feel like you know if you're the saints trying to decide whether you do want Derek carr you almost want to erase that from your memory banks because that's not the game you want to look at but what is your kind of take on whether you would like to see Derek carr in a saint's uniform and if that would move the needle over andy dalton which you know if you ask Bobby Bear, he would say definitively no. You know, I, I'm not ambivalent, but I'm like, at this juncture, uh, yeah, let's give it a shot. I mean, it's, I think Dennis Allen is pushing his chips all in on his people, right? Mm-hmm. Carr, the coaches. And I will say this about Derek Carr. And I'm like you. I do erase the October 30th, week eight loss where they – just looked, you know, they were sick. Until right? the backup I came spent, in. Yeah. I spent the the that week watching them before the Saints game, like the last four weeks, so week four, five, six, and seven, and I was e- enormously impressed with how, one, Jacobs was, was running, which was a key, of course, and he didn't do anything against the Saints, but really just how effective Carr was running the, the, the ball if he had to. They lost early to the Chiefs. Again, they could have easily won. Their record really wasn't indicative of how good they were. So I, I think the bar, we went from the bar being maybe one of the highest in the NFL with Drew Brees to now looking for an efficient play caller who can do the things to, to keep to score enough points and that the defense can keep can keep them about 17, and that's how you're going to win. So, I, I, you know, to me, it, it would be something different. If, if, if the choices are going back with the same thing last year, I'm all for something new. He's definitely not exciting, right? Like, like we can say that with, like, with conviction. It's like, right. it's not a, it's not mean, a guy who, you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, they, they got him, you know? Right, so take Lamar Jackson out of the, the conversation that I know Bobby and Mike – Talk about take him off the board and look at the rest of the free agents. Who who on that list do you go, ooh? <laughs> right. I mean, there's a reason they're free agents, but there's also a reason that like twelve of the first fifteen teams in the draft have quarterback as either their number one or two need. So either you got one or you don't. And they're not out there in the free agent market just sitting around. Mike, we talked about a lot of things going continuity wise heading into last season. That was the big I guess you would say buzzword for this Saints squad. But after now going through this offseason and losing a number of coaches, it's kind of hard to, I guess you would say, that that message is still as clear going into the 2023 season. Yeah, I don't think that Dennis had a whole lot of choice. It was a weird situation, right? Because Sean leaves, 
and then he leaves, you know, uh, a nine and eight team that's, you know, with the Rams and Niners, a hair of making the playoffs and they finish strong. And I've always said, really, in the last couple of years, the Saints have been tweeners, right? Mm-hmm. They, they're not in a, really a position where they can blow it up and really should blow it up. So you're kind of just hoping to fill in a, a spot here and there. So they really haven't had this kind of situation to, to blow it up. So you're right. So what's Dennis going to do? Come in and just go make these massive changes and let people go from a from a squad that is two years you know removed from Sean and Drew in the playoffs? I felt that it was a tough situation, but after last year, seven and ten, like I say, he's putting his ships in the middle of the table. He's going with his people, and then we're going to win or lose uh, with his guys. But right, the whole continuity thing—I don't think he had much of a choice. He, he kind of had to, you know, go that route. Yeah, I mean, the the interesting thing to me is, you know, we're talking about continuity, but on the offensive side of the ball, which is not Dennis Allen's kind of, you know, all-in side of the ball. They are. They do have a good bit of continuity, but it's on the defense where you've made a right. lot of changes. And I know you, you did mention, you know, these are these are Dennis Allen's guys, right? Like Joe Woods is a guy he had in his staff in 2014. Marcus Robertson's a guy he had in his staff in 2014. Derek Carr is a guy he drafted in 2014. And I do think it's interesting when you kind of hear people. It's like, wow, he's trying. He's getting the band back together from a team that <laughs> lost a bunch of games. Well. This these are guys from the 2014 season, not necessarily 2012 and 2013, and I, I do I do wonder it you know where that kind of mindset is of like yeah let's let's rebuild the 2014 Raiders. I, I do find that interesting. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, I mean it was not it was the, it was the end for him, and so right. the beginning for others, and it was a, a, a bad situation. So it's either a, ba- a bad situation in Oakland. And, you know, trying to pick up after Sean or maybe there's, there's you know, there's a coordinator out there or head coach. I think we're going to learn a lot more this year. I felt like he wanted to make such a drastic change between kind of the Sean years and he is the new coach that, you know, maybe he was, he, he was a little, maybe he wasn't as hard on them at camp as maybe he wanted to be because Sean was so detail-oriented and so kind of tough that maybe he went maybe a little too far. I don't know. Just, you could you could go with this a, a thousand different ways. It's just, to me, I, I never, because of the way things ended in Oakland and he was bringing in new people in 14 like Carr and he was on his way out, it just feels like, you know, it's, I, I never, I don't look at this like that, like, hey, he's getting the band back together and the band was pretty crappy. Mike, we're looking at the Super Bowl Sunday, the end of the season. Uh, all wraps up in Arizona. I know next year the Super, I believe, is Las Vegas, and then after that, finally back in New Orleans. And I know you have a pretty good idea of what goes into you know getting ready or getting the stadium ready for a big event like this. Um, are are you already counting down to that that big game coming to New Orleans? Well, we're we because of the renovation, obviously, and we yeah. we fit things in a very tight window. I was talking with Tom Perumian just yet this week, and the window is there's so much work to get done. You really can't go 2025. You got to go, okay, uh, August of 2023. That's your next goal, right? And then it's August of 2024 because really by that point. Will we be 100% complete? We have. We certainly expect so. But, you know, there'll be some punch list stuff during the Saints 2024 season. But really, 
you got to be ready. You can't have cranes in here in October of 24 uh, and the Super Bowl in, in February. But it's interesting because there's a lot of our people that work here at ASM, and that's how well-respected New Orleans is. And the people who work Super Bowls, they're all in Arizona this week helping the NFL put on this game. So, man, 2025 to me, like in some respects, feels like a mountain away. <laughs> and in some respects, it's like it's going to be – when you start thinking about that 2024 season, yeah. like you've got to be ready. It's right, it's right upon us. You know, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I am curious, you know, however much you can share. I don't know how, how in set in stone it is, but obviously there was a lot of game day kind of changes this year based on the renovations and how you had to get to your seats and egress and ingress and all that, you know, all those words. You know, will that be the same next season for, for Saints fans as they go in and out of the building or will there be major changes in that in that respect? There'll, there'll be some changes what, but because of the situation, again, that we're in where we're, you know, threading the needle right. this team couldn't go somewhere else and play for two years while we built a stadium this was the best option so you between the end of the Saints season which we always hoped would be the nfc championship and then essence in july you got to fit in the renovation and so what happened so like but this year for the fall of 23 and we say fall which we, we don't really get till november but we, we know what i'm talking about right. for fall of 23 we'll have new things coming on board there will be new atriums there will be a new sideline club but that will be on one side of the building so people that had some challenges last year you're going to get some of the new niceties first this year and the people that had no challenges last year (laughs) well you're going to have some challenges this year and then after that it's all going to be beautiful and it is going to be a game-changing uh, game experience difference, and I, I, that I say uh, unequivocally. Uh, when, when this is done, uh, it, it is going to be changing the way how people view the game, where they view it, how they get to their seats, how they get their food. It's not this is not a paint job. Uh, so it, it, it's going to, but the, yeah, there's going to be some challenges for this coming football season, but not, not as much as last year. And you'll have some new bells and whistles to really focus upon. Yeah, I think we went, on, we went on that tour last year and you kind of laid out, you know, a lot of kind of what the work's being done and where it's being done and all that. And I know one of the things that you mentioned, and I think it is a really big difference from what you have now, is there's going to be a lot more natural light in that building and you're going to have the sun shining in as opposed to kind of fluorescence. And I think that is going to be a major change in making it feel more modern. Right, especially on the perimeter. I'm not saying perimeter. I mean the interior perimeter with these two new atriums that are coming on board, opening up this fall. Uh, if you want to think of the building as a as a, a, a quad almost, the two corners closest to pointers, we call them northwest and northeast, because you know how much we love you know using directions here in New Orleans. Uh, they're going to be ready, and there you're right. They're going to be these open massive lobby entrances where people can come meet greet bars food you know it's not before when we would walk in an entrance and a gate it would be really just a pass-through you wouldn't you would stay in your in your portal you just walk through to get to the concourse well now these these lobbies are so big and they're going to have so many activities It'll be a, like a meeting place. We've never really had a meeting place inside the building. So it's that there's so many cool aspects. You're going to come aboard even this fall. 
uh, for a lot a lot of the building. Chatting with the great Mike Haas right now, voice of the New Orleans Saints. And Mike, how you feeling about this Super Bowl matchup on Sunday? I know we saw the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously, in Week 17 against the Saints, but they weren't the same team they are now, obviously. Gardner Minshew, a guy that was under center then. Also, I believe Lane Johnson was out that game for the offensive line. They didn't yeah. look like they were giving any kind of protection uh, like they've been known for this entire season. And the Kansas City Chiefs team, obviously we haven't gotten to see them. Uh, Patrick Mahomes coming off of an injury, believed to be as close to 100% as you can, though, for this matchup. Yeah, to me, it's it's the Eagles are, it's the complete Philadelphia Eagles offense, defense, special teams against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the Eagles have... I mean, the Chiefs had 55 sacks. They were second in the NFL, and they lost by 15 to the Eagles, who had 70. And so I I feel like the Eagles have a better overall defense, can do the one thing you have to do and put pressure on Mahomes. And I think offensively, if they can keep this game close, where the Eagles stay in their offensive game plan, they don't have to kind of abandon their game plan. They can continue to – read option and run option with, with Hurts, who I think also each time is, is getting closer and closer to 100%. I mean, the Eagles, to me, are a very hard team to beat if they're playing with Jalen and playing pretty well, whereas the Chiefs, on the other hand, to me, are Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I mean, they have to play perfectly, to me, taking out injuries and taking out turnovers and, and, and things like that. I mean, I think the Eagles are, I mean, I've, you know, it's a, it's a pick. I'm like one and a half. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I personally, I think the Eagles will win despite what, you know, again, when we played them, it was Gardner Minshew. Um, and it's just a different offense with, with Jalen. So I think, I hope the game is as good as the storylines because it's the both number one seeds, the Kelsey brothers, you know, Andy Reid against his former team. There's a lot of things going on. But sometimes when they build these games up to be the best, <laughs> eh, not not so much. But hopefully this one will. Awesome. Appreciate the time today, Mike. We'll be talking to you soon, obviously. All right, gentlemen. Have a good weekend. Happy Mardi Gras. Happy Mardi Gras, Mike. WWL, you're home for NFL football Sunday. Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles squaring off in the Super Bowl 57. You can join Scott Graham and the Westwood One crew live from Arizona. We'll have all the action. Will Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes win their second title in four seasons? Or will Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni lead Philly faithful to a win as a Super Bowl they won had five years ago? Take the big game wherever you go. Catch Super Bowl 57 Sunday. The preview starts at 1. Official pregame at 4. Kickoff 530 on WWL and the Odyssey app. Coming back with more sports talk after the break here on WWL. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops. Getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Back on Sports Talk, Steve Geller along with Jeff Nowak. Gearing up for the end of football on Sunday, but also on Sunday, Jeff. I know you'll be in- you're interested in this as well, obviously too. Big matchup in women's college basketball. I know that might not seem like a huge, massive event, but man, Kim Mulkey's got these LSU women playing hard, looking good, and really uh, 
dominating the headlines, I guess you could say, in Baton Rouge. It is to me, Steve. The only I'm, not, I'm only watching one game on Sunday, and it's going to be LSU <laughs> out at South Carolina. That 1 p.m. tip-off, baby. Woo! No, it, it, it is fun, you know, and, and – the, Winning is fun, yeah. Only, yeah it, is, it is nice to see a team that is allergic to losing <laughs> as opposed to, you know, the other LSU basketball team that seems allergic to winning. But, you know, and that's not shade at Matt McMahon. It's a rough season. It's always a rough transition when you go head coaching regimes in college basketball. Good luck to them. But LSU women, you know, I think it was fair to wonder just how long it might take Kim Mulkey to turn <laughs> – LSU were right. around. Like it's easy to forget just how low they were, like how far that program had fallen. She's only been there for a year and a half. Think about that. And you know, she talked about Sean Payton when she was on Sports Talk uh, like a week and a half or two weeks ago. And you know, she brought up an interesting point in that like him going to Denver is not that dissimilar to her leaving Baylor and coming to LSU, right? Like no one thought she was going to leave Baylor. She yeah. built that program. She could have coasted for the rest of her career, and everyone would have been like, "Yeah, she's she's a Hall of Fame coach. She's already, she's already in the Hall of Fame." But like she decided, I'm going to go home and coach at LSU, and if for different reasons than I think Sean left. But absolutely, yeah. At the same time, is anyone questioning <laughs> Kim Mulkey's legacy right now? Like ever? She was able to not only build that program at Baylor, she showed up at LSU and was like, "Oh, I could do it here too," and she did it. I mean, obviously, she's got it. They, they want to win titles, but like you're already at a position where you're talking about like legit top seed in the NCAA tournament type situation, and. That's the situation that Sean is in right now. Like, if he goes out to Denver and immediately turns that team around and it's like, oh, yeah, that's Sean. All of a sudden, like, yeah, he's a Hall of Fame coach, like, first ballot. Like, there's no question. And it, it is kind of interesting because Kim Mulkey, that's an example of how that can go perfectly. <laughs> and for Sean, you just don't know. It's amazing to me just because it's hard not to love Kim Mulkey, just her attitude, oh, so uh, the 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 passion that she has and that you see now the team plays with as well. It's really amazing, too. Uh, every game this year, Angel Reese, double-double. She's remarkable. <laughs> How is that possible? Just every game, boom, put it down. Stand. I, wa I watched uh, the fourth quarter against Texas A&M, yeah. and like, it was like, oh, she just has 20 rebounds. Like, what? What? <laughs> 20? <laughs> That's a crazy number. Uh, and like she got like four or five rebounds while I was watching, and I was like, oh, she's just better at this than everybody <laughs> else. But, you know, that's something that Kim talked about in his true South Carolina – you know, they're just a different animal yes. when, it, when it comes to – I mean, they got six seven, six five. The tallest player at LSU women's team is six four. So, like, that's just – you, you know what, can't teach height. Coach Mulkey mentioned that on here as well. She said size matters. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> size matters. Man, in South Carolina, I'm looking here at some stuff, Jeff. LSU hasn't beaten South Carolina since 2012, and they're winless in Columbia since 2010. Yeah. And Kim's so, going to make sure you know that. I was going to say, this is going to be an intense matchup Sunday. Before football, make sure you get in on women's college basketball. One o'clock tip-off, yep. right? Yep. One o'clock tip-off on ESPN. Check it out. LSU, number three against number one, South Carolina. Hopefully they can take them down and knock them off the undefeated ranks. Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak here on WWL, coming back with more after the break on Sports Talk. Wrapping things up this hour here on WWL Sports Talk, Jeff Nowak and Steve Geller. And seeing on Twitter, WWL TV's Brooke Kirchhofer is in Phoenix right now for the Super Bowl Sunday matchup between the Chiefs and Eagles, and she is reporting – uh, caught up with Sean Payton in Phoenix and saying that Zach Streif will, in fact, be joining Payton in Denver. I know we had seen reports of that, but nothing really was confirmed on that because it, it felt right. like he was you know, weighing his options between coming back to New Orleans 
or joining Sean, but Brooke talking to Sean Payton in Arizona right now and confirming that Zach Streif, in fact, is leaving the Saints to join the Broncos. As the offensive line coach. Right, right. correct. And that was why, like, yeah, I know Jeff Duncan and Noel.com had reported a couple days ago that it's not, you know, nothing was official yet, and I think the Saints were still trying to get him back. But the issue that they were going to run into at any point is, okay, he's getting hired to be an offensive line coach. You're trying to get him to come back as an assistant offensive line coach? Right, because you have still Doug Marone employed at that position, right. correct? So unless they were willing to move on from Doug Marone and put him in that role. What are you going to do? I don't see how they had much of a much of much of a you know, how much can you possibly pay a guy? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, that's that's a loss. It'll be interesting to see if they actually hire someone in that role cuz you I don't think you need an assistant offensive line coach, but a guy like Jari Evans feels like it would make a lot of sense. And I, that would definitely help lessen the sting of losing yeah. one of your own in the building. Uh, yeah, obviously, major congrats to Zach Streif. We've seen him grow from player to broadcaster yeah. to coaching career. And his his stock hour is definitely going up in those coaching ranks in the NFL. No, no doubt. And he, he was very good in that role, and I'm sure he'll be good there. Um, the other the other kind of floating around is Ronald Curry, a Saints QB's yeah. coach, has also interviewed with Sean Payton for their offensive coordinator job, and he's interviewed for the Bucks offensive coordinator job. So not, neither of those has been announced, so that's another coach you could potentially lose, and that would be a big loss in my opinion, I think. Yeah, definitely. I don't know how much, you know, sh- how much Sean is familiar with Ronald Curry, but it's just interesting. He He was quick to bring him in for that interview. Yeah, no, I mean, he hired him, so he knows him pretty well. Uh, yeah, no, he's a guy that I think the Saints think very highly of, too. Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak got another hour to go here on Sports Talk. We're going to be talking to Dave Mason, sports book brand manager for Bet Online at next hour. Also, Christian Clark on the Pelicans, who have a 9 p.m. tip off in the Smoothie King Center. Back after this. Why? Why? If you Why? have T Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T Mobile prioritizes certain T Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.